This podcast may contain adult language and adult themes. On the other hand, it may not. Sort of a podcast lucky dip. Welcome to the Happy Oxygen Podcast. My name is Simon Nichols and I am a dog walker. A dog walk for me is just over 25 minutes. I needed a podcast that was perfect for dog walks or anything else you do in 26 minutes. This is it. The Happy Oxygen Podcast is here to make you smile, laugh or feel a bit happier about yourself. Each episode will feature a special guest who will be asked why laughter and happiness has helped them on their journey through life and how that drives their positivity. And this week, my guest is Scott Whitney. Scott started having health issues two years ago and was diagnosed with FMD three months ago. In February this year, he started All for Inclusion, where we look to start conversations and to get people thinking about what they can do to be more inclusive to people with physical or hidden disabilities. One stream is the All for Inclusion pod. Talk about that later. Scott has three daughters, big rugby fan, and an addiction to books. Please enjoy your dog walk or other associated podcast listening activity. Scott, welcome. How you doing? Thank you for having me. It's our absolute pleasure. And it's what's really great now is that we're, I'm not even sure what episode this is and stuff. Shez does all the episode numbering, but you're one of very few people I've on here that I've never met before. And I love having people I've never met before because I don't have any preconceived ideas about you, which is brilliant. And I'm really looking forward to the next 26 minutes to get to know you. So can I ask you our kickoff question? How are you feeling today? But I need your answer in colors and sounds. It's quite quiet. It's not very, maybe a little bit of an ocean sound in the background. And like when it comes to colours, I'm looking around my room here for inspiration. And I've got, I've got a green flower squirter watering can thing. I'm not green. I've got a bright <laughs> yellow coat. I'm not bright yellow. There's some blue suntan lotion. I don't feel blue either. So I think it's, I've got an orange book. I've got a purple medicine thing and i've got a red and white cup so i think i am red white orange purple this morning all the colors well four of the colors of the rainbow lovely we'll uh, we'll, we'll take that half a rainbow yeah that's nice i'm the half, half with the the gold pot at the end excellent i was just thinking there as well obviously happy oxygen and we're talking about all the good things in life and one of the sayings that i always is you're half empty and half full I never really get that. I get the analogy, but behind it, I'm thinking, what is four, four colors of the rainbow? That's got to be over half full of a rainbow, isn't it? I would, I would say so. I'm colorblind, so it's not necessarily... I'm saying that I've got a purple thing here, but it, it could be red as far as I know, but it looks purple to me anyway. That, to be honest, whatever your rainbow looks like, it's going to be your own rainbow, isn't it? It doesn't look like anyone else. That's why we, we like people who carve their own rainbows. There could be another podcast in that, in there. When, we, when you think about comedy, what is your favourite go-to scene? Now, for those of you that are listening on here, and uh, because Scott and I have never met, but I'm judging by Scott's appearance, which is a lovely beard. It's always good to have someone with a beard on it. You just you look of an age where you might have appreciated some of the early forms of comedy. I'm like, but I'm get I might be digging myself in a hole here. All right, before I answer that, what age bracket am I in then? I would have put you in your mid to late thirties. Oh yeah, I'll take that. I'll take that. Yeah, um, <laughs> I am 
very late 30s, so I'm 40 in about a month's time. Okay, so probably for me, I used to love, I used to love watching Young Ones, which was probably a little bit before my era, but I guess you kind of, the one that kind of just springs to mind when you say it is is trigger in, in my head there was going to be only fools and horses that was why i was putting you in that sort of that that glimmer of hope that we get to talk about only fools and horses <laughs> yeah no i would say it's trigger at the bar or trigger with the with his broom that he's had for 20 years or whatever it is it's the same broom del same <laughs> broom del so when you when you created all for inclusion and which is a fantastic way to get that awareness out there too and it's brilliant that you use the word physical and hidden disabilities because we obviously a lot of people struggle to get into work and hide and mask all the time and one of the things i think we we struggle with when we is masking our laughter sometimes because we do just see that thing that is so funny that actually we have to burst out laughing so what, what prompted you to create all for inclusion what was your driving force so obviously i became unwell and at this point i'm undiagnosed but i know it's something to do with neurological conditions so i thought i want to raise money for a charity that is to do with neurological conditions but i also want it to fit me so in january this year i did the equivalent of three marathons in my wheelchair and the equivalent of six marathons on one of those arm bike things that was tough but as i was building up and speaking about it I had a meeting with a guy called Sean Liddell and Sean said to me, just to make you aware, when you finish in January, you're going to have a bit of a slump because this has absorbed so much of your life. So I thought, I ain't going to have a slump. I'm just going to create another mountain. My girlfriend and my kids all have hidden disabilities in the sense of autism, ADHD and different things like that. So they're quite neurodiverse and obviously i've got a physical health condition so i'm in a wheelchair so yeah so that's where all for inclusion came from and it's really going back to that and the charity it's about trying to make things easier for the next generation of people who are in the same situation or people who might just need that little bit of extra oomph to speak out and give them that bit of confidence yeah that's the kind of story behind it really Wow, that's incredible. And it's, uh, it's brilliant that we're starting to bring that neurodiverse from a disability element. And because a lot of people have just skimmed over that almost, mm. certainly in the workplace, especially. And it's easy. I have a disabled rail card and people look at me and why have you got a disabled rail card? I wear hearing aids. And actually, whilst I don't necessarily feel disabled, if um if I don't have my hearing aids in, I'm, I can't hear anything. So it's it's great now that we're we're almost going from that acceptance level of the things that you can't see, and now actually coming much closer to the forefront. And is that something really that you champion? Is that let's get the all forms of disability, no matter what it looks like, to the front of the agenda? Yeah, definitely. Got asked by someone yesterday. They've got no sense of smell, so. Could they be classed as, as disabled? And my answer was, in my opinion, yes, you could. Now, I know it might not impact someone on the day-to-day so much. However, imagine if they was in a building on their own. They might not smell a fire 
And that's your first sense for that. Yeah, in a sense, it's going to be a gray area because some things are gray areas. And, and that's why we need these conversations. And that's why we need to speak openly because actually it's not one cap fits all. And you come to your, your hidden disability. So if we look at autism, dyslexia, ADHD, to name but three, one person who's dyslexic isn't the same as the next. One person with autism isn't the same as the next. And um, I think it's all about really accepting and treating people as individuals. And if there was more me's that could do it, we would be throwing in gender equality, sexual preference, race, everything. But at the minute, it's a case of, if we do that, we're diluting the message so much that we will achieve nothing. So that's why we're just focusing on this for the time being. That's brilliant. And as you say, if you just started in February, I imagine you're just at the beginning of that mountain climb. You've got a, got a bit of a way to go and then you can start doing as much as you want, can't you? When you've got that momentum behind you. Yeah, exactly. You've then got hopefully more people supporting as well. I've got a couple of people that they help us at the minute. I always say us. The idea, the long-term aim is that my girlfriend will eventually come into all for inclusion as well. So I think of her as in it already. But I also think as of my kids as in it already as well. So I don't know. I'm, I guess I'm like 55 and it's a, it's a family kind of community interest coming for me. But, but yeah, we're far away from that. Oh, good luck. And obviously we're going to put a lot of the information in the show notes so people can be able to check you out and hopefully make some contributions in whatever form that you need them from. Back to a, a probing question now, and this one that it's one that a lot of people sort of, the first thing they go is, oh, ah, when you think back to all the people that had a positive influence in your life, which was the one that made you laugh the most? No one for one been very boring. It made me laugh the most. I can remember just one, one particular Christmas shopping adventure in Cornwall with a friend of mine from school called Brett. And I can remember just sitting in Burger King and, and our jaws were sore from laughing. And I can remember it being Christmas shopping. Don't know if we ever bought anything, but, but yeah, if I can remember back to not saying he was the funniest person, um, but that is the funniest time I can remember anyway. It's wonderful to think back on those as well. We often, and obviously you've been through some dark times, I imagine, over the last couple of years, and you need to draw on that reserve sometimes. People call it a pool of happiness, and it's about going back and not necessarily dwelling, but pulling those fun bits. Even if you can't remember why they were funny, I think it's so important just to bring them back into the present sometimes to, to realize that actually it's not always going to be the way it is. And actually there'll be brighter times ahead. But oh, that's well, let's hope that Brett actually listens to this and realizes that uh, the impact that he had on you that Christmas Eve in Burger King. Yeah, in, in Truro. Even better. Nothing more specific says Christmas shopping in Burger King in Truro. It's a, it's a lovely part of the world as well. Are you from Cornwall? I am from Cornwall, yeah. Moved to moved to Manchester because I just wanted nicer weather, really. And Manchester's got such a great reputation for, for being a sunny place. It, uh, always, yes. I've been on many holidays in Cornwall where there's been no sun and yeah, just moving a little way up the north. I was in Manchester actually a couple of weeks ago and someone did remark, it's wonderful everyone's here. It's our first sunny day in June. It's, 
what, the, what they're actually meaning is it is the first sunny day in June of all time, not this year. <laughs> sunny, uh, sunny. You, to, you do often get people moving from Manchester to Cornwall, so it's lovely to see the, the reverse migration in play as well. We have something on Happy Oxygen that we call the virtual happy jar. Now, what I should point out to you, uh, Scott, is the virtual happy jar is huge. It's got a Boeing 737 in it. It's got a blue whale. It's got, it's actually got Greg Davis in it as well. The comedian, he hasn't yet suffocated. We don't know if he listens to the podcast, but he's mentioned on most podcasts. One day, maybe he will. The virtual happy jar is something that you would like to put in that makes you happy and that you think when someone opens it, it would make them happy as well. What would you like to put in our virtual happy jar? And it's also something that could make me happy, but I could get out of my life. Because I've got a couple, of, got a couple of friends I could put in there to stop affecting me. What makes me happy? I guess we'll come back to uh, to my books. I would say uh, if we put in all the books by Will Dean. Will Dean. We'll put his books in there. Oh, that's a new one on me there, Scott. I thought I was a bit of a bibliophile, but as we saw from your opening speech, you are an addict. But so where does Will Dean fit in the literary literary universe then? Probably right at the end. Oh. So he is, he's English, but he lives in like Sweden or somewhere Scandinavian on the edge of a forest. See, I read everything, even the bits at the back. So... He's got, he's got a main series, which is about a reporter called Tuva and she's deaf, but lots of things happen in this village and it all focuses in and around what she's reporting and she's got relationships with the police and things like that. So yeah, so he's got about four or five books in that series and he's got a couple of standalone books as well, which is his latest one, which has only just come out is called Firstborn, I think, and and that one is really good. But yeah, the Tuva series is awesome as well. We will be sure to put them in the happy jar. Maybe we'll keep Greg Davis company as well. We give him something to do on the cold, lonely nights when he's riding a whale and flying in his aeroplane. Yeah, no, excellent. I'm I'm actually, although I love reading in all its forms, and I normally have two or three books on the go. In recent years, I've fallen back on the comfort books, the ones that you've read before. And that just bring you a lot of pleasure. So I'm currently about two thirds of the way back through the whole Terry Pratchett series. Okay. Um, again, and I've, do you ever read for, do you ever comfort read or is your, is it always your next adventure is your next book? Yeah. I've decided for some strange reason to, uh, to pre-order books before they come out. So I've got, I reckon I've got about 50 books on my bookshelf, not read. So yes, I'm always, when I'm reading something and I open it. I'm already thinking about the next one. Wow. So I'm starting to think if I was reading an autobiography, I wouldn't want to then follow it up with another autobiography. If I was reading like a classic, I wouldn't want to follow it up with another classic. And actually I read quite a lot of crime and thrillers, but I've just started to now double read. So I don't normally read two books at once. I would normally just focus on the one, but so I'm starting to read one, which would be fiction slash autobiography alongside one that would be business slash well-being. Wow, that's awesome. I love, and I, I never even really thought of it as double read. Because what I do is I, I tend to be reading something and then I'd lose the book for a couple of days. I'm like, oh no, so I then start to read another one. 
then I'd find the original book. So I'm now, I think at the moment, I'm partway through about at least three or four books. So maybe I'm quadruple reading, which doesn't do my, uh, my thought process any well. Because when I come back to the original one, I'm like, I've got no idea where I am. Because I'm really rubbish at bookmarks as well. Yeah, oh, I'm a page turner. <gasps> but that's only really, yeah, that's only really, because a lot of mine are hardback. So actually... I can slip that in so it's not page turning. So it's only on uh, it's only on paperbacks that I uh, that I page turn. I don't yeah, have we, to on hardbacks. There was me shouting blasphemy. We're not judgmental on Happy Oxygen. If you want to fold your pages over, that's that's absolutely fine. Scott, we used to deface the back of toilet doors, and we used to ask our guests if they would write a piece of information for their fifteen-year-old self, knowing the the journey you've been on, the knowledge and experience. But we've decided to come kicking and screaming into 2022. And we no longer write on the back of toilet doors, but we do have an online blog. So if you were to blog some information that you would give your 15-year-old self now to maybe make his journey through life a little bit easier, what would be your what would be your tip on your blog? Start off with with work harder. That would be what like my 15 year old self, no, actually not work harder because I didn't work well in school, but I'm already, if I'm 15, it's already a little bit late. So not work harder. Cause I've always worked really hard as, as a, as an employee, yeah. travel more would be the first one. The next thing would be do it on my, do it by myself. As in don't, when you're young and you're kind of living at home with parents, that's a great time to go uh, to start being self-employed. And I think that's what, what I would do, would say. And then maybe the third thing is read point one and two again, because if, I, if it hasn't gone in, I, I might need just a little reminder. Depends what, <laughs> depends what time of the day, 15 year old Scott was reading this blog. And if he was tired, he probably wouldn't remember it. I love that reiteration. That's brilliant. And travel more is just incredible. My my 22-year-old at the moment, him and his girlfriend are interrailing around Europe and they've been out for the last month and they just keep sending us these incredible photos from Genoa and Florence and Slovenia and Czech Republic. And you just think, oh. I remember my sort of 22nd year, I think I went to Butlins. So it wasn't quite the same a sort of a, a fantastical journey. But I think that, People have got more opportunity now, I think, haven't they, the, the younger generation to travel? Yeah, maybe not the last couple of years, but um, yeah. but yeah, I think they have. And I think I think there's more opportunity for for creatives and people to start something. And obviously, you could be traveling and depending what you do, you could be working for yourself whilst you're traveling. A photographer, as an example, would be take, could be taken photos selling them online or getting inspiration if they're an artist or painter and virtual assistants where, you know, when I was, when I was 15, I would be thinking that's something to come out of the next back to future. So yeah. <laughs> yeah. And a lot of people now becoming digital nomads, aren't they? They'll be able to, their job allows them, like you say, to work from a, a coffee shop in Rome as easily from their bed sit in Bournemouth. So it's a lot more opportunity out there. Yeah. Scott, what makes you happy cry cry i really hate it i really hate it when people say so proud of you or i've done i've done something nice and that would make my daughters have done something nice or don't like people feeling proud of me that's a real strange one isn't it 
It is, it is, because especially all the good work that you've done, and you should feel proud. But I was just, if, you, if people could just write it down towards you, not actually say it out loud. Just think it. Yeah. <laughs> I don't need to know. You know, I, what I guess what I think is like, um, there's so much more to do. And there's also so many people that have done a lot more. So, yeah, I guess I just think leave it until I'm finished and then. I could just have one happy cry instead of no, all done there. Happy songs is one that we really like to talk about here. My happy song, my go-to song is a song called Copy Polar by Sigaross, which is a, an Icelandic band. And it's, it was also my wedding song as well. So it's a, but if I hear it, it just takes me back to a sort of a, just a time and place. What's your happy song and why? changes at the minute or haven't got one but if i was to say right there's got to be one and it is going to if i heard it it would always take me back and it would take me back to to when i was 15 would be the mavericks just want to dance the night away we played football and the football club i played for we won the our county league two years on the bounce and the first team men's team also was was successful in their league as well so we came home one, one or came back to to the clubhouse after an away game where we actually did clinch the league, and the first team had clinched the league the same day. But we came back to find the first team who had an earlier kickoff than us all had started drinking and were on the tables in the football club dancing to this to to this song. So when we had our then youth team presentation. We all went and got blow up guitars and trumpets and things and, and we played it and then copied them and went up on the table and it was a little bit of an anthem for us. So yeah, that would be that one, I think. Brilliant. We're gonna we'll make sure that we get the link to the Mavericks in the in the show notes as well. So absolutely fantastic song that one. So I can and now I can just see you yeah, jumping around on tables and brings the song alive more as well. Yeah, exactly, exactly. What are your happy words? What words make you smile? There was a, a, an age warning at the beginning of this podcast. We're not big on swearing, but if you did want to say something that was a bit rude that makes you laugh, we're absolutely fine with that. <laughs> we, we just let people know. Yeah. By the way, mum, cover your ears for the next 10 seconds. <laughs> <laughs> no, um, I don't know. Not happy words. I've not, I've not got, I would say, like a kind of go-to happy word but anything that's positive really so if people are saying words like brilliant fantastic excellent that type of thing but yeah food related words especially if i'm hungry so sometimes pizza works that works well burgers yeah. anything that i shouldn't be eating it works really well and for the listeners at home there, you go, Scott is smiling. That's the brilliance about language is suddenly you say those words, you're like, do a burger, actually. I'm going to take you back now, Scott, even further. And we're going to go even deeper into your childhood, potentially. Don't worry, this is not a, not on the, on the couch or anything. But we're going to ask you our last question, I'm afraid. I don't know where the time has gone, but childhood sweets. Where's a childhood sweet take you? What was your favourite? What did you always used to look forward to on Friday afternoon? Ooh. Yummy. Again, I'm going back to secondary school, but just before I do, I was doing, I did the London Marathon about 10, 12 years ago. And uh, there's always people handing out like oranges and things like that. 
and picked out like something, just put it in my mouth, didn't realize what it was. And it was a refresher bar. And when he <laughs> spent about four miles chewing, trying to get rid of it, probably have been easier to spat it out, but it's not too far from a refresher bar. Do you remember Wham bars? Yes. Yeah. They're all pink and they've got little bits in. So yeah, it would be a Wham bar. They was, for, they was, they was for sale in our school tuck shop. So used to like them and then things like strawberry laces and things like that as well. That is absolutely brilliant. Scott Whitney, thank you so much for coming on today. Anything coming up for all for inclusion that you might, you might think we can spread the word a little bit or get to get anyone that, cause I know your, your all, all for inclusion podcast is, is going well at the moment. So you want to do a bit of a plug for that? Yeah. Listen to it. Yeah. It's out every Wednesday and we've got some, we have some amazing guests that, that come on. You know, I don't know when this is going out, so there might these might be in the back library then. But I spent the last week where I've interviewed former Exeter Chief Rugby player Don Armand. I've done an interview with with two mums of autistic children who haven't met and basically put them in a virtual room, and I was like a fly on the wall. And, and yeah, so that was, uh, that was really good. But I would say the thing, if you're listening that I would like to plug the most are our webinars. If you have a look, we we have a webinar once a month and they're on different topics. We always have three speakers with a Q and A at the end. Come along. If you're involved in a charity, if you send me an email, it's free. You don't need to pay if you're involved in a charity. If not, it's just a five. But the quality of the of the guests, it's is worth a lot more, really. That's absolutely brilliant, Scott. We'll make sure that all the links for all for inclusion are in the show notes. And yeah, um, I'll be sure to pop along for the next webinar. I'll be, be looking forward to that. In terms of the date, this is uh, this particular episode. I think is due out for mid July. I guess we might be able to catch the uh, the end of July webinar, or, or maybe the early August one. The next one is 12th of July, so we might be pushing on that one. That one is about, I've titled it Reasonable Adjustments, a tick box exercise, question mark. I think you probably all know my answer to that. And the one in August is called Understanding Masking, which is, is about wearing a neurodiverse mask. Scott Whitney, it's been an absolute pleasure talking to you today. Thank you so much for being a guest on Happy Oxygen. And I look forward to seeing you on your next webinar and listening to your podcast as well. Perfect. Thank you very much for having me.